Hey, Reach Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with special guest, Pastor Kelly Lorkey of the Cure Church, Kansas City, and a very good message. He's entitled, Where's the Devil? Enjoy this message. I, uh, uh, Father, we ask for your grace, your anointing. Speak to us. Speak to us as individuals. Speak to us corporately. Open our eyes. We need you in these last days. Yes, last days. We're not afraid to proclaim the hour and time we live in, Father. No matter what it looks like to the world, we are not naive to the hour that is at hand. Father, I pray that you arrest our hearts, even our minds and our bodies, not to be distracted give us the reverence to your word, and even in this sanctuary, reverence, God, that no one leave here the same. No one escape here without knowing you as Lord, our Savior. Lord, reveal the enemy where he's been hiding and lurking in places. Let him be revealed for a devil exposes, a devil defeated. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give Lord a hand clap. You may be seated. Amen. Uh, it's always an honor to be here with Pastor Lopez, Jacob. <clears throat> Amen. Your pastors, what an honor that they're getting refreshed and blessed. I'm going to tell you, church, um, you may not understand that, how important that is, um, but I'm telling you, it is important. I'm very, very blessed that they took that time uh, to do that. Um, I am here, uh, obviously, well, maybe not obvious to everybody, but a dear friend of mine and most of you, Pastor Woody Calvary, passed away. I'm here to honor my friend and be here uh, for that going home celebration. And I was on the phone with Pastor Bill Hall on the way over here today, and he asked me, he goes, I wonder what Pastor Woody and Pastor Mike Neville are talking about right now. If you know Billy, he can just make you think, I know, dude. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, it feels so good here. We can almost forget something that, you know, being around God's people in church and not just a church. This is a, a good church, a fun church, an exciting church, a, a healthy church. Um, but then when we leave, we go home and we, we, we see what's happening in this world. The world's, well, I'm going to say, the world sucks. Sucks. How could you say that? It was the truth. It's because who rules the world? It's not girls. <laughs> With everything happening this last two years, this pandemic, civil unrest, and crazy politics, and All this stuff, 
it can look crazy, but I want to ask you this question. Where's the devil? I mean, we can't believe in God and not the devil. You can't believe in angels and not demons. You can't believe in a heaven and not a hell. But where is Satan? And I say that because like, not a lot of people talk about him. When I say people, a lot of preachers, you know, we sometimes ignore some of the subjects that can be, uh, make people feel uncomfortable. We come to church because we want to be uplifted. And, um, and I, I get that, but you have to preach the whole counsel of God. And, and you know, I, I, my, I don't even know if my wife knew exactly what I was preaching on, but like, you know, she's talking about being ready for Christ's return. I mean, there's nothing else that needs to happen except for it happening. <laughs> Where is the devil? First Peter 5, 8. Be on your guard. Stay awake. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion sneaking around to find someone to attack. Just because you didn't think about him today doesn't mean you didn't talk to him today. It's interesting. Some Christians talk more to the devil than they do God. And I say this when, I, when I'm talking about this foe, this enemy. He calls him your enemy. Your enemy, the devil. He has one job, to make you not believe in Jesus, to make you backslide, to make you half-hearted, lose your first love. He has one job, make you bitter and unforgiving because the Bible says if you don't forgive others, your heavenly father won't forgive you. He has one job to make you lukewarm. He has one job to destroy you. That's his only job. And he's been doing it from the beginning. From the beginning of Genesis 3 where we find him peek his head up all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. He is there throughout the whole Bible. Always coming against God's plan. I mean, let me just give you some names of him. Lucifer, meaning the morning star in Isaiah 14. Ruler of demons in Matthew 24. The God of this world in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The accuser of the brethren, the devil, Matthew chapter 4. The prince and the power of the air, Ephesians 2. The roaring lion that we just read in 1 Peter 5.8. The serpent in Genesis 3. The dragon in Revelation 12 and 20. The adversary in Job. The tempter in Matthew 4. The anointed cherub that covers in Ezekiel 28. Beelzebub. In Matthew 12, Biel in 2 Corinthians 6, 15. The wicked one in Matthew 13. It's interesting because 
if you're really serving Jesus right now, you're aware of some of this, but like one is, it just seems like everyone in the world feels like something's about to happen. Unbelievable. Everyone, everything's just like intense. Bible prophecies pretty much all been fulfilled. I, I did a whole thing on, you know, 1948 when Israel became a nation, you know, that's generation should not pass away. And we're, we're, we're there. It's happening. It's this thing's wrapping up. And interesting, here in 2 Thessalonians, speaks about the return of Christ and very much speaks about Satan. And let me read you, and I hopefully you can feel the urgency and the passion of Paul connecting the two. Now, this is a prophetic in times event he's speaking about that's coming so he's writing it to a generation to come which i firmly believe in hold tight it's ours but listen to what he says in second thessalonians 2 1 now in regard to the coming of our lord jesus christ and the gathering together to meet him we ask you brothers and sisters not to quickly not to be quickly unsettled or alarmed either by a so-called prophetic revelation of a spirit or a message or a letter alleged to be from us to to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Let no one deceive you or entrap you. So let, let me pause there for a moment, leave that verse up there. Right away, Paul, if you read the King James, he, he, he's pretty much laying it out. Don't let no one deceive you by a prophetic vision, revelation, a letter saying this is, you know, let me just say it real. Oh, we just found some new scrolls and manuscripts that contradict the Bible. Or we live in a time today where a generation of young people can flip on a YouTube video and all of a sudden deny their walk with God. Don't let no one deceive you. Just because somebody acts like they're smart and thinks they know something, that they take away biblical truth that changed your life at one time. That's where we're at right now. And and he's making a plea. He says, Jesus is coming. This thing's going down and I'm warning you. In this time, don't let no one lie to you about this. Saying it already happened back in 69 AD or, or this and that. There's so much junk out there. But he says something interesting. Let no one in any way deceive you or entrap you. For that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. That is the great rebellion, the abandonment of the faith by professed Christians. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. The son of destruction, the antichrist, the one who is destined to be destroyed who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and insolently above every so-called God or object of worship so that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple of God, publicly proclaiming that he himself is God. Do you not remember when I was still with you? I was telling you these things. And do you not, do you not know And do you know that what restrains, I'm sorry, and you know what restrains him now from the very, uh, from being revealed is 
so that he will be, I'm sorry, let me read that again. And so, yeah, I know. And so, so know that what restrains him now from the beginning be revealed, it is so that he will be revealed at his own appointed time. For the mystery of the lawless one, rebellion against the, uh, the mystery of the lost one, rebellion against divine authority, the coming of uh, coming reign of lawless is already at work, but it is restrained only until he who restrains is taken out of the way. L- let me stop there for a moment because I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, please, I have the worst prescription of contacts on that I've ever had. And I told my wife, I can't see nothing. Yeah, and, and never mind. I do. If it's not in bold here, I got. But I'm going to read this this part here. So he says something before the return of Christ, and before the revealing of the Antichrist, the man of sin that Satan enters. There's something that's going to take place: the great falling away. And people denying the Christian faith. We live in that time right now. Here in America, it's not as prevalent if if you would. But if you go to Europe, where Christianity thrived for centuries, it has become pagan, Islamic, secular, like no other time. Nations that once had a revelation of God turned away america christianity you may not believe this but it's the truth you look up the statistic christianity is the slowest growing religion in america the problem is we see you know christian television we see big sanctuaries and the truth is you know it's like espn you just see the highlights but we have a whole generation of young people that have walked out on god we have a whole generation, but this, this world today is bound by materialism and idolatry. You don't believe me, go drive down to the beach and go look out at all those containers that are out there. That has become the God of this world, not Jesus. He says this, the great departure has to happen first. And then there's going to be this revealing of Satan, the Antichrist. So there's going to be a great falling away. And it says, it's referring to believers. Not a bunch of wicked sinners. They're already always been there. The question is, are you going to be a part of that move? The falling away. Because it is a prophetic sign of the end times. He goes on and he says something interesting. Verse 7, the mystery of the lawless Rebellion against divine authority. The lawless one, the Greek word there is the word anomia, which the Amplified breaks it down real simple, to rebel against divine authority. It's interesting. He's referring to the lawless one, speaking of Satan. He's speaking of the Antichrist. He's given him that Greek word anomia, to turn against divine authority. And it says something, He and he's writing this, before him, but he says, before the Antichrist comes, that spirit's already at work. It's already here. The mystery of the lawless one that worked to overthrow divine authorities. And we live in a time today of a culture of no honor. So I honor God, but you don't honor the man of God. 
You don't honor the usher. You don't honor your Bible study leader. I mean, you hear your pastor. You say amen to the parts you like until you go on counseling with your pastor. And he tells you, you shouldn't do that. I don't know. Let me think about that. I'm going to another church. Well, we live in a time that, and let me go deeper though. What is divine authority? It's not always just the five-fold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, yada, yada. No, it's bigger than that. Divine authority is government, police. Read Romans chapter 13, Romans 12. It speaks about all these things that divine, your parents. So mom goes, let me go get my kid out of class right now. He's going to hit on that one. I need some help. Oh, I'm sorry, sis. Your husband? Mm-hmm. 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 Sure. Mm-hmm. But he says that. And we're living at that time. Well, and if you bring in light, which I'm not going to minister on, Second Timothy chapter three, the last day perilous times to come, men lovers of proud bolsters, disobedient to parents. It speaks about all of this chaos that we're experiencing right now. Talking about where is Satan? Verse eight. Then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed, and the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by appearing of his, at the appearing of his coming. Verse number nine in the message. The Antichrist is coming. The Antichrist coming is all Satan's work. All his power and all the signs and miracles are fake. Evil sleight of hand that plays to the gallery of those who hate the truth that could save them. And since they were so obsessed with evil, God rubs their nose in it and gives them what they want. Since they refuse to trust the truth, they are banished and their uh, chosen uh, chosen world of lies and illusion. This is deep. God is like saying, you want to follow this garbage? Knock yourself out. God's not going to force you to serve him. It's a choice. He did not sacrifice his sin, I mean his son, so we can go on and sin and disobey him. And he goes on and he's talking about this time where Satan's work is, is all around us and it's false. And uh, it's interesting because it's kind of referring to revelations when Satan comes back. I mean, when God comes back, the armies of the Antichrist and Satan are going to literally try to fight against God. And Jesus is coming back on his white horse and behind him are all the saints of God. Now, I'm going to say something strong. This is after the rapture. I'm going to say something strong. If you're not serving God, I know you're not going to like this. This might upset you, might offend you, but this is biblical. If you're not serving God, you're serving the devil, period. Period. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. And I'm going to plead my case with that. Either you're in or you're out. Either you took the red pill or you took the blue pill, man. You in or out. That, that's a fact. And if you're not serving God, you are, you are on the enemy's side. You are on the side of the guy who wants to take me out, who wants to destroy my marriage, my family, my ministry, what my calling, and take me to hell. You may not realize that, but like, just like the Matrix, I guess, like, you, you, you know, Mr. Smith, the agents can jump into anybody, a demon can get in you anytime he wants. 
that, that's just a fact. I know that's not cool Christianity because, oh, we're all God's children. No, you're not. No, you're not. The Bible doesn't teach that. And, 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 you know, it's time. The reason why a lot of this chaos in the world is happening is preachers won't say the whole truth. We're, we want to tell you that everyone's a child of God. God would never throw nobody into hell. You're a liar. That, that's not the truth. And, <laughs> man, my wife to come back up. <laughs> I like his wife better. <laughs> Verse 13. As for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. We are always thankful that God chose you to be among his first to experience salvation. Salvation that came through the spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth. He called you to salvation when he told you, when we told you the good news. And now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. With all these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Keep a strong grip on the teaching that we pass to you both in person and by letter. So here we are. Let me get into this. Satan's last onslaught is a great apostasy of people turning away from Christ, people walking out. Let me ask you, how many people do you know that used to come and serve God and they're not here no more? And it's beyond that of just this church. This is an epidemic. COVID in 2020 closed more churches than any other time in the history of America. Probably in the world, but I haven't looked at those statistics. Many have not opened back up, and many Christians have never came back to church. They tell you they're watching online. No, they're not. They're watching reruns of Seinfeld right now. <laughs> and the enemy used fear, used all this. You know, it was funny. Right before 2020, God is a healer. Yeah, but it speaks about this last days and I, I believe this is all being set up because we're living in a time where right now it, it's like they're begging for a one world government. They're, they're begging for a one currency. They want everything to flop. They want this to come together and the revealing of the Antichrist. Let me show you something here. First Timothy 4.1, remember what I tell you, either you're in or you're out. God's spirit clearly says that in the last days, many people will turn from their faith they will be fooled by evil spirits and by teachings that come from demons. You don't think we're there yet? When you got a little guy, some crummy rapper that can't even tell if he's a man or a woman, give the devil a lap dance. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is you let your kids listen to that stuff. I mean, when I, you know, my wife, you know, we're 80s kids. So like, you know, asteroids was it. I mean, back then you had to put a quarter in. Uh, don't you wish you could do that to your kids at your house? But everyone plays video games. And my, my wife would kill you a, pa, pa, uh, not Pac-Man, a uh, centipede. I don't know how she does it. She's like, I, I got another free guy. <laughs> but now with gaming, the most demonic, perverse junk's on there. And, and you don't even know what your kids are watching. 
doctrines of demons, evil stuff, spiritual, ugly, nasty. And it's not just video games, it's video, it's porn, it's wickedness, it's everywhere. It's on your phone, it's on your TV, it's on the billboard. And we call it entertainment now. And here's Paul, again, scripture interprets scripture, and you just don't go by one. Another one, Jesus said it, and Paul said it twice, that there's going to be a great falling away first, and they're going to be seduced to doctrines and demons. This is why we preach. Because we are called, we're called to get people saved. People are going to go to hell without the gospel. And, and like that means something to me. That means, should mean something to every Christian who's been unplugged, who has his eyes open and realizes, I, was, I didn't get saved. Was now I got a better marriage. I got a good job. And all of a sudden, I don't cuss no more. I don't drink no more. I don't drink no more. I don't drink no more. Okay, I'm, I'm serious. I don't do certain things no more because I got saved from something. But what God did, this is not some like get better place. This is not some self-help program. I'm gonna go to raise my family in a Christian environment. No, you're here because you don't wanna go to hell. This is about going to hell. Unless a man be born again, Jesus said, you will not even see the kingdom of God. You won't even get to look at it. And the devil's job is to destroy everyone he can that gets in his way. And this is why we preach the gospel. Yes, we may have cool screens. And yes, we may have a great presentation. And yes, we may do cool sermon series and everything. But at the end of the day, we're trying to keep you spiritually equipped. So when the end happens, you're saved. You're born again. You're ready. I mean... This is what Paul says in Acts 26, 18. This is what God called me to. He says, to open up their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they will receive forgiveness of their sins and be forgiven, uh, uh, given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith to me. So the last days declares that there'll be this alarming increase of rebellion. Let me show you some scripture that sometimes we just, we read it. But we don't take a moment to digest it. Ephesians 2.1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience of your many sins. You used to live in sin. Tell your neighbor, you used to live in sin. If they don't look, if they look at you cross-eyed, something's wrong. <laughs> if they didn't turn their head at all, they're jacked. <laughs> Let's try this again. Look to the other person. You used to live in sin. Look look at me. Are you ready for it? I'm, I'm going to plead my case right now. Look, look, read. Put a quarter in it. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work that enters the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Satan enters the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. If you're able to try your best to keep the scripture up, there was just, I think it's important today that people actually see what I'm saying and not just hear it. This has got to get in you. It, It declares here, 
we obeyed the commander of the world, Satan, before we got saved. He also separates, before we were saved, we were habitual sinners. And when we got saved, we stopped. Now, don't get confused with perfection. because I can walk you down Romans Road and talk about grace and forgiveness. But we weren't habitual sinners. You get saved from things. Delivered from things. From Satan. Now, check this out. 2 Corinthians 4.4, another verse. Satan, who is the God of this world. This is his world. That's all over the Bible. That was given up in the Garden of Eden when man sinned. That's why Paul says, I live in the world, but I'm not of the world. He says, Satan, who is the God of this world, who has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. We're all children of God. No, we're not. John 8, 4, 4, look at what Jesus said. For you are children of your father, the devil. Oh, that's Jesus. And and by the way, let me tell you who he's talking to. He's talking to religious people. And I'm not not really false religion. These were Pharisees. These were religious people. And up to Jesus' crucifixion and birth, that's the way that people serve God. But they were hypocritical. For you are of your you are for you are children of your father, the devil, and you and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him when he lies. It is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. Jesus is basically saying every lie comes from Satan. Every lie comes from Satan. The lies that come from us, when we lie, it is birthed by Satan. It's procreated by him. He's basically saying from the very beginning of that, you're his son because you're a liar. Luke twenty two thirty one. 31. Oh, this is heavy. This is Jesus. <laughs> then the Lord said, Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to have you apostles for himself. He wants to separate you from me as a farmer separates the wheat from the husk. Can you wake up for a moment? Satan wants you. He wants to separate you from Jesus. And just because you had a good day doesn't mean tomorrow he ain't going to try again. I mean, you ever stop and think... You know, now that we have all these documentaries of crazy people, <laughs> I mean, all the crazy documentaries, who, who in their right mind would do the barbaric stuff that we're seeing today? Don't tell me demonic influence, serial killers, people killing each other, wickedness, perversion, child molestation. 
Such, such evil corruption. Men of power and politics so corrupt, so blind, not even caring about humanity. Says Satan is demanding, he wants you. He wants to separate you. He wants to separate you from this church. He wants to separate you from your walk with God. Remember when you first got saved? How much you were crying and like, oh God, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And you got up, you prayed, you read your Bible. You used to come early, leave late. Now you come late, leave early. You remember you were so blessed when people would call and check on you. Now you just let it go to voicemail because you don't want to hear it. See, the spiritual battle takes place. Where is Satan? Well, it takes place in the mind. He's subtle. He works. He whispers. And many times we don't even know how powerful this enemy is attacking. And he will sit there and do it right when we're in church. Evil, perverse thoughts. Stuff you try to put out of your mind. I mean, here's, here's Joseph called by God. God speaks to him. And just the evilness of his believing brothers. They were raised in church. Jealousy. Try to kill him, sell him off as a slave. I mean, here's Judas. Judas gets this, Oh, he was, Judas wasn't always evil. I mean, Judas was called by Jesus at one time, just like the other 70. As a matter of fact, he was part of the group that Jesus breathed on and the Holy Spirit came in him. And when they came back and said, we cast out devils, we healed the sick. And Jesus said, be more excited that your name's written in heaven than the, the gifts. But Judas was part of that. What happened? Greed when it came to money. It's literally described Satan entered him. Over money. You know, in Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira in church sold some property. We're supposed to, they didn't have to. They chose to give, but they lied about their giving. And the Bible says, we almost miss it. Peter says, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie? You've not lied on the man, you've lied on the God. He says, Satan, in church. Judas, Satan, gets into his heart about money. Ananias, Sapphira, Satan gets involved about money. So who do you think's telling you not to tithe? Who's telling you not to give? He's, I mean, so his very first time he peeks his head up is in Genesis 3. And if you study that, what I said that word, euonymia, to overthrow divine government. So here's Adam and Eve. The first time we hear about Satan, God says, all right, Adam, poof, there you are. You're a dirt bag, I made you. Take your rib, here's your woman. Woo, man, Right? Amen, ladies? Do we have any single ladies here? 
Say amen. They hear that they need a man. They need a man. All right, they're single. <laughs> and God says, Adam, tend the garden. They have everything. I mean, their backyard is the planet. I mean, I hate to cut the grass too, but. He says, tend the garden. We know the story. Eve's by herself. And the serpent comes. Starts talking to the wife. Can you have anything you want? Have we got anything we want? But we're good. We just can't eat those trees. Why? Because God knows if you eat them, you'll be like him. Spirit of Anamia. To undermine God's theoretically their only pastor. It's them and God. He's their only leader. And he's creating a thing, Anamia. God doesn't care about you like the way you think. He's holding you back. He's not giving you everything you could have. So it lies to people in church. Pastor's holding me back. I, 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 you know, I should have been doing this by... They don't care about me. He, he, his intentions aren't as good. The problem is, husband, Adam's supposed to be keeping the serpent out. He's supposed to be tending the garden. And I've heard every way it's preached. Where was he? Some say he was off somewhere else. Some say he was just a few feet away. I can believe both because I've seen husbands that are home, but they're not really home. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But but there's Satan again coming against. It's not really that good to serve God. You're you're missing out. Because if he really loved you, you'd have this. You'd have a better job, better husband, better wife, better money. Spiritual fatigue. I mean, Satan comes in in every possible way. I mean, the pressures of church and ministry. Here's King David. I mean, victory, a man of war. Mighty man, great man. Then he gets tired. I'm going to chill. I don't feel like going on an outreach. And he looks out the window. And he sees Bathsheba. He commits adultery. He's looking out the window. Some of your windows are your laptops. Funny, you don't do that stuff on an outreach. Too soon, too late, too bad. (laughs) Demas, Demas did ministry. He, He traveled with Paul. And the Bible says, here's Paul at the great need. Demas is forsaking me for the pleasure of the world. Who owns the world? I told you, I mean, I showed you in the Bible several verses. The God of this world. All of this is meant to undermine us and cause us to lose our footing. And... It is so prevalent when we stop and look. Satan is at work. I get it, man. 
God is for me. Who can be against me? I, I'm not trying to do that, but, but like, stop. I mean, why are these scriptures here in the New Testament? Because a Christian church in America acts like there's nothing but blessings and cotton candy. I mean, this is a New Testament scripture. Let's see how this ponders Christian culture today. You know what Ephesians 6, 10. A final word. Now, interesting. If you went to the Bible class, you would know Ephesians, the book of Ephesians is one of the most profound books on theology. I mean, you got, it's so rich on every chapter from parents to, to work to, uh, uh, to the fivefold ministry, the body of Christ. I mean, there's so much richness there. But then in the last chapter, he says, final word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a mic drop right now, Paul said. I said all this cool stuff, parents, mom, work, job, this, ministry. Final word, be strong in the Lord and the power of his, uh, uh, in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Final word, you better stay plugged in because there is a strategy of the devil. It's funny. Guys, you may hear on the radio and TV, never want to talk about this guy. Paul talked about him quite a bit today, didn't he? You better, he's like, oh, you're just trying to scare me. I'm reading what Paul said. Be careful. Watch out. Just because you said a prayer, got baptized. Be careful. You better be prayed up. You better put the armor of God on. There is a strategy. He says, let me remind you, verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is not your kids, your parents, your boss. Your enemy is not Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Obama. Your enemy is not China, not Iran. It is the devil. And he's saying, look, it's not flesh and blood. There's a spirit behind these things. You tell me there's not a spirit where millions of babies are aborted, just like when they threw babies at Baal's altar? You're telling me there's not a spirit behind where young men and women want to change who they are physically and not the way God created them? You, you, don't let anything take you out what God says. It's not insane. You're just made to feel guilty because you're trying to adapt yourself to think like the world when you're not of the world. You're trying to get too comfortable with the culture of this world because we don't like people giving us a hard time. What are you doing? Really? We're going to do this again? Jeez. I have to finish? Is that what this is? Is this the Oscars? My speech is over? Don't get up out of your chair! <laughs> you guys will be standing there for a long time. You ready? Listen to it. You, you want me to quit? I think they do. <laughs> Verse 13. 
I feel such pressure right now. I wish my friend was here to back me up. I'm just kidding. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor that you will be able to resist the devil in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be still standing firm. Oh, please. I'm begging you. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Hold on, just... It, it just don't go. It's going to get real nasty right now. It's just that, that that's good music, but it just ain't going to fit with what I'm about to say. <laughs> let, me, let me listen to the Passion Translation. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principality and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold the dark world in bondage. Paul says there's a day of evil coming. He says every one of us that will be able to stand against the time of evil, the day of evil, the moment of evil. You will all face evil. We face it every moment of every day. And Paul is literally drawing a line in the sand. Who's your daddy? I mean, literally, that's what he's saying. Who are you going to be loyal to? 1 John 5, 19 says, we are certain that we come from God and that the, uh, the rest of the world is under the power of the devil. Does it not say that? We come from God. And the rest of the world is... Who do you know that's not saved? That scripture applies to them. I mean, John goes on and says, we're certain of this. This is one-on-one Christianity. So when you go to work tomorrow or school, when you see people, why don't you think about that for a moment? Why don't you think about that for a moment, that the devil is taking them to hell? He's lied to them. They're, They're serving them. They're plugged in. Revelation 12, 19, the great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world has been thrown down to the earth with all his angels. See, the message in our text, it's timely for the moment we live in. Those who refuse, they're under the spell. I know this can sound simplistic, but we don't think about this that much no more. Romans 1.21, he goes on, God's not going to force you. I want you to think about this. And this is brutal scripture, stuff we just kind of overlook. What happened was this, people knew God perfectly well. But when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves in the silliness and, uh, and confusion so that there was neither sense nor direction in their lives. They pretended to know it all, but were illiterate regarding life. They traded the glory of God who holds the whole world in his hands for cheap figurines you can buy in any roadside stand. And God said, in effect, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. It wasn't long before they were living in a pin pig, smeared with filth, filthy inside and out. Go read that whole chapter when you go home, Romans 1. God's saying basically this, I'm taking my hand off you. When the scripture says in Thessalonians, the whole power and might of the Antichrist hasn't been released because we're here. The church is here, the Holy Spirit's here. But could you imagine a planet without Christians praying? 
Could you imagine a planet without Christians worshiping where God inhabits the praises of his people? The ungodly to be unleashed? I mean, this is what he's saying. I mean, <laughs> let me bring this down because I feel some pressure. <laughs> Revelation 26, blessed is, listen to this, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Let that get in you. If you're saved, stay saved. First resurrection means we're on the first bus out of here. Talking about the rapture. Okay? For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests to God and of the Christ who will reign for them a thousand years. And when the thousand years comes to an end, Satan will be let out for his, uh, from his prison. He will go out and deceive the nations called Gog and Magog in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for battle, a mighty army, numberless the sands of the seashore, as I saw as I saw them, and I went up the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people uh, and the beloved city, Israel. For the fire, uh, but the fire from heaven came down on them, attacking the armies and consumed them. The devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the fiery lake, which burns with sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. And there will they be tormented day and night forever. I know how it's going to end, but this is a visual again of what it's going to look like. Either you're going to be in one of those two armies and all you have to do is endure. My wife said something profound. It's not a popular thing in Christianity. You're going to come to God and the devil's going to fight you. We come to God and church because things are hard, not because things are easy. I come to God. I come to church. I come to a place of worship because I need help. I can't do this on my own. I need him. I can't make it long without God. I can't do, I don't do well. <laughs> I mean, you have to endure. Second Timothy 2.3, endure hardness. Second Timothy 2.10, endure all things. Second Timothy 4.3, endure sound doctrine. Second uh, Timothy 4.5, endure affliction. Hebrews 12.7, endure the chastening of the Lord. Rebukes, the chastisement. When God corrects you, First Peter 2.19, endure grief, endure suffering wrongfully. James chapter 1 verse 12, blesses the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord himself has promised to those who love him. You want a crown? Endure temptation. Stop giving into it. I mean... How long do I have to endure, pastor? It's been a long time. Matthew 24, 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Until you die. Live your life right so we don't have to lie about you at your funeral. James 5, 11, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. So, First John three eight. I'm jumping down, guys, and uh, I really want to get this in you. But when people keep sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil. Does that really mean that? Yes. 
I mean, like, it's funny what you find when you read your Bible. When people keep sinning, it shows they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the sons of God came to destroy the works of the devil. We know the Bible says who the son sets free is free indeed. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. There's a, there's a story of a lady in her backyard. She noticed her neighbor had a huge cage. And in that cage were all kinds of wild, exotic uh, birds. And these birds were tore up. Their feathers were beat. And she was a bird lover. And she yelled at the neighbor and said, these birds shouldn't be locked up like this. You need to let them go. And he goes, no, they're my birds. I like them kept like this. I'm not going to do it. So she decides to climb over the fence one day, break the lock off, and opens the birdcage. And the birds just stay there. She's going, get out, you're free. But that's like a lot of Christians. Jesus set you free at the cross of Calvary. And you're still acting like you're in a cage. You've already been made free. Even when I've said some of these strong scriptures, you're saying, I can't, I never will. I'm still going to struggle. That's a lie from the devil. (laughs) Told you guys to be standing for a long time. James 4, 7. So then surrender to God, stand up to the devil, resist him, and he'll flee from you. Here's my last verses. I'm gonna jump down and then we're gonna pray. 2 Peter 3, 3. More importantly, I wanna remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? For before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. Verse seven, by the same word, the present, uh, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire and they are being kept for the day of judgment when the ungodly people will be destroyed. Verse nine, the Lord, insi- uh, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise of his return as people think, no, He's actually being patient for your sake. He does not want any to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. That's a word we don't hear a lot today. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. 2 Thessalonians 2.8, the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed and the Lord will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to the end at the appearance of his coming. Why am I saying this? Here's the deal. Where is Satan? Where is he? Where is he supposed to be for you? Romans 16.20, 
the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. If you're saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and each actually have a Bible in your own language, you and multiple translations, you have more than any generation did before us. You live in America where no, there was no cops outside yet telling you you can't gather. You have everything you need. Satan, Jesus paid the price for him to be under your feet. He's under your feet. I don't get tattoos. I got them before I was saved. I just don't like tattoos no more. I got saved from doing that stuff. But if I ever did get another one, it'd be Satan like squished like a bug underneath my foot. I'd walk on him all day. Now don't go get a tattoo and say, Pastor, I didn't say that, but that's the one I'd get. If you're here right now and you're not serving Jesus, I'm not asking if you come to church, pay your tithes, you got ministry. I'm not asking you if you have Christian activities going on in your life. I'm asking you, are you serving Jesus? Man, you're serving somebody else. But if you need to give your life to him or rededicate your life, he loves you. So I know at least when Pastor Isaac came up here, I really liked your offering, by the way. It was all about Isaac in the Bible. I thought that was profound. <laughs> Out of all the characters you picked, you picked the one named after you. Look at me. <laughs> Even though they darkened us again. <laughs> Going to church does not make you saved. If you need to rededicate your life, re-give it to them. Just do it. There's no visitors. No one raised your hand as a visitor. So that means you probably are saved or you've been here a few times and you haven't got saved yet, but more likely you probably made a commitment at one time. So that would be either you're all in or you're, or you're struggling right now. So we're here on a Wednesday. I guess I went super long because the music's here. Give your life to them. I'm playing. They know I'm playing. But I, I'm telling you seriously. I'm being so serious about this. I don't care how many times you did it. So with every head up, every eye open, if you're not fully in, get fully in. If you were at one time, you need to rededicate your life and say, this has just been a bad month, bad year, bad week. I want you to get out of your seat and come stand at this altar. I want to pray with you. Anybody at all? Come, they're coming. I'll just say this, and I'm not going to beat it down. Thank you. Now I can see. Here's the deal. If you can't get serious about God after hearing a strong message like this, if you're going to fight when someone's literally pulling on everything they can, if you can't make that right now, what, what other sermon's going to do it? 
If you deny me before men, he says, I'll deny you. If you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Come. Anybody. You have to tell that person next to you, I can't take it. I got to get up. Excuse me. You're in my way. Let me walk through you. Anybody else? They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Just say, excuse me. That's it. Excuse me. It doesn't make a difference if you're first or last. Nobody cares as long as you get up here. As a matter of fact, the Bible's so weird. The last shall be first. The first shall be last. Just get up here. You get saved. Rededicate your life. If you've got some habitual sin that you're hiding, man, get rid of it. Quit being a tool of the devil. So if you're saved and you're living for God, stand your feet. If not, just you can chill and relax. Okay, so all of you, all, look at me, and I mean it. I'm not trying to be a bully. All you serving God, stretch your hands forward for these right now. Stretch. If you want to come up and pray with somebody right now, because probably these are people I don't have to give the sinner's prayer to. They just need to cry out to God. You don't have to be a leader to pray for your brother, your sister, your friend. Just get out of your seat and pray over them. Pray over these sisters. Pray over your brothers. Lord, deliver people from pornography. Deliver people right now from anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, Lord. Anger, jealousies right now in the name of Jesus, all the works of the flesh. If you're at this altar, talk to them. Jesus' name. It's a lot of people up here rededicating their lives. If you're on the worship team, you need to do it. Come up here. It makes no difference. Father, in Jesus' name, right now, God. Right now, in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're in your seats, keep on praying for them. Your hamburger will be there after service. This is the most important thing you can do is when people get right with God. try to give you guys a scripture to put up there at the last minute. This is just, I actually wasn't thinking about the scripture. I should have put it in my notes at the end. All you Christians, all you at the altar making your hearts right, everyone just kind of, just for a moment, I want you to hear me. L- listen. I'm so serious about what I'm going to tell you. And I get it. We live in a time, honestly, if you're if your church, if you're like worried about how late it is, 
the Dodgers didn't win. I'm a big Dodger fan. I was all mad. I just can't, listen, do you believe in what I preach? I mean, do you, do you believe in this? Do you, do you believe in this whole concept that Satan's out to destroy your friends, family, your enemies? But you don't wrestle against flesh. You really believe this, that they're going to go to hell? Here's the problem. Theoretically, Jesus saves people, right? But he doesn't do it without you. That's a fact. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believes shall be saved. Who doesn't shall be damned. How will they, how will they be saved without a preacher? Romans chapter 10. He uses people. So hear, hear me. And I, I'm, I'm being so serious right now. One of the reasons why I put this, this message I just put together last week. And one of the reasons why I, I did this because October is one of the most satanic times. Wicca, Druids, Satanists, all the occult of all of them make this stir. It, it's real. I mean, I'm not a fan of Halloween. I, I, I'm, I'm just like, if you study where all that trick-or-treat comes from, it's wicked. I'm not trying to rain the parade on your kids. Oh, that's something you're going to have to discuss between you and your family. But do a study on where it came from. It's evil. It's not Easter or Christmas. This is something that's wicked. But if you believe in this, do you care? Because we get so caught up on what little things we have or don't have, a little trials we have, people are going to hell. So many people died of the coronavirus. All we hear is statistics. But do you ever think that a lot of them went to hell? That we might have could have witnessed to? And the next question is, do you care? We hear about killings, drive-by shootings, all this stuff. But do we care enough? Because if we care, what you say you believe is how you live, not what you say. If we really believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father, and the gospel is the only, you're not going to get there by Muhammad, Brigham Young, you're not going to get there by Buddha. I mean, that's what we believe. You call it narrow-minded what you want. Either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Does it bother you that your next door neighbor's not safe and you live there and you see them every day and you've never knocked on their door? Oh, but you got ministry and church and you're so faithful? I'm being serious. We, we do a lot of talk. I was here a couple months ago, right? I got a haircut when I was here. And when I got a haircut, I was sitting at the barbershop in Huntington Beach. I told the story to the pastors. In Huntington Beach, and I'm sitting down in the chair. This is how I live my life. I'm not bragging. I'm a I'm not. This is easy. But what I really do is out there. This guy's cutting my hair, this young little gangster kid. All tatted down, right there, the one barber shop, right there by the pier. And uh, I go, "Hey, man, married?" 
No, man, I'm living with this girl, blah, blah. I go, so you're a fornicator. He goes, what's that? I go, that means you're, slip, you're, you're too cheap to marry her and you're not gonna go to heaven. See, what is your problem? Why are you, if you care about somebody, how can you sit there and let someone cut your hair for 30 minutes and not tell them about the love of Jesus? I was on him. He inboxed me, what, three weeks, where's my wife at? We were out of town, inboxed me three weeks ago. He doesn't know I'm in town. I'm gonna go see him tomorrow. Because he inboxed me, and I told him when I was married, October 2nd. He goes, hey, pastor, he inboxed me on Instagram. I just wanna let you know, he challenged me. I got married on your anniversary, October 2nd. guys that came forward to give their life to Christ and rededicate. You know why they did that? Because I preached hard and told them the truth. Do you know why people don't get saved in your life? Because you don't tell them nothing. Jude, I'm reading out of God's word translation, if 22, listen to what Jude, the half brother of Jesus said, show mercy to those who have doubts. Save others by snatching them from the fire of hell. Show mercy to others, even though that you are afraid that you might be stained by their sinful lives. God can guard you that you don't fall so that you can be full of joy as you stand in the glorious presence of God without fault. Snatch others from the fires of hell. Don't be scared that you might mess up. Just go do it. God will protect you. I'm tired of salting the salt. I'm salting the salt. Just telling other Christians to be Christian while people are going to hell. Every sermon just to help a Christian, help a Christian. I want to hear sermons when I turn on the radio and TV. Go get sinners saved. We're freaking arguing about denomination, Calvinist. Armenian, it's just like, it's ridiculous. You speak in tongues, don't speak in tongues. People are going to hell and we're arguing about that stuff. Oh, you believe women preachers? You know what I believe? You're gonna die and go to hell if you don't get saved. I don't have time to argue with religious psychos. I mean it. When's pastor come back? Next Sunday? This Sunday? The following Sunday. But it'd be really cool, man, that you, not for the sake of growing a church, there's a difference between inviting people to church and getting people saved. And I know, and look at me, I don't make no apology for going that long. Because I know someone's going to listen to me tonight. I know my assignment, who I am, how God made me, and what God, the message God put in my life. So if you lose a little bit of sleep and calories, because I'm telling, someone might go to heaven and not hell for eternity. For eternity. 
And some of you that keep coming up here to rededicate your life, don't ever stop. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you stay busy doing what God wants you to do, you won't have time to do what the devil wants you to do. Quit saying, I'm too busy in church. What do you mean? You never said that when you were getting loaded? You never said that when you were out partying with your friends week to week. Did that? You did it. You didn't pray about it. You, I didn't need to chill. You did that. It didn't become the God and we, we don't care about people going. They died. They, they were killed, sodden too, in prison, ate by lions, hung upside down on a cross to get somebody saved. They didn't hang them and kill them and torture them just because, it, because of what they said and what they did to convert people. Got any grandkids? Get them saved. Where's the devil? Under your feet. God crushed him. Yes, he's going to come and prowl. He's going to mess with you. Look, do a study on everything I said. Don't, don't just, whenever pastor preaches, somebody preaches, put it in your heart. Get it deep inside of you. I love you guys. I would tell you I'm sorry if I offended you, but that would be a lie. But get some, you know what? When pastor comes back, I, I, I tell my guys, I tell my guys in my church, Man, I'm glad you invite people, but get them saved and say, hey, Pastor, this is a dude that got saved at my job. This is a person that got saved at the bus stop. This is somebody that got saved at the grocery store. I mean, don't, I mean I'm glad you bring visit, but it's like, it's like you, you bring like, all right, all right, now, Pastor, do your thing. No, the Bible says God gave gifts to the church. Apostle prophecy for the work of the ministry to equip you to do what you're supposed to do. The only Jesus this world's going to see is you and me. It's going to end. You, I believe with all my heart, we are the last generation. So how are we going to finish this thing? How are we going to finish this thing? And the rapture happens and we could have did more. I would drop the mic, but then my head would fall off. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.